Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. And uh, I'm excited about this lesson this morning. Today, we will finally finish up the series on spiritual warfare. And uh, we've had uh, multiple episodes on the podcast about spiritual warfare. I think it's been very informative and comprehensive. I think it certainly has helped me. I hope it's been a help to you. And also, over the last few months as we've been on this series, I feel like a lot of spiritual warfare has taken place and that a lot of the teachings has been a parallel with uh, current things that we're dealing with. And uh, one thing's for certain in the Christian life, you're going to have spiritual warfare. It's it's going to happen and uh, we need to remind ourselves and, and re study this topic um, throughout our Christian lives so that we're sharp and able to uh, fight against the spiritual attacks and things that happen um, so that we can stay uh, established and, and, and grounded and stable in our faith. Amen. Uh, but it's been a great series. So today's lesson, we're going to be talking about death. Why is this in the spiritual warfare series? Because death is an enemy. The Bible tells us it's an enemy. In fact, it tells us that it's the last enemy. And so we're going to be going into uh, all the different ways death is uh, used to try to be, uh, to basically used against us. And we're going to talk about, you know, the powers that Satan has with death. And obviously, know this. When Jesus died on the cross, Satan thought he was winning a victory. Amen. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but but we know better than that, don't we? Because Jesus didn't stay dead. He he did literally die, and then he literally rose again from the dead. Uh, and we'll get into that a little bit. So, man, it's good to be back on the podcast. If you haven't tuned in before, I'm Brother Brian Swinford, just a regular guy teaching Bible studies on a podcast. Uh, I will tell you this, I think I have a vision for the podcast after this series. I'm going to take a little time off, and I think what I'm going to start doing is a short weekly devotional. It'd be one verse or you know one passage of scripture in five or ten minutes, and we'll do a weekly devotional. As time goes on, maybe it could become a daily devotional. But I don't want to put too much on my plate at one time. Um, I guess if you do a weekly devotional for a couple years, at some point you'll have enough of them on there. It can become a daily devotional if somebody wants to just go back through them. But I think that's the vision I have for it. Um, I have had some difficulty keeping the podcast accessible to all the different platforms for podcasting. Uh, but I believe moving forward, whoever really wants it bad enough will find a way to have access to those weekly devotionals. So that's kind of the plan. So anyway, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast where we're seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. The theme verse for the podcast is still Psalm 91 verse 2. I will save the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him will I trust. Turn with me this morning, let's go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 
1 Corinthians chapter 15, look uh, around verse 26, somewhere around there. I'll actually start in verse 24. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 24, I'll read verse 24 through 26. The scripture reads, Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Let us pray. Father, I thank you, Lord. For this day, the ability to do the podcast, and for everybody that listens in, Lord, it's a, it really is a blessing. Thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for the spiritual truths, and for all the things that you do to help us along the way, Lord. You don't just leave us without the resources that we need, but you've equipped us with everything that we need um, pertaining to living and godliness and just... Uh, um, being being right with you and being lights for you, Lord. Uh, we thank you that you give us light and darkness. We thank you that you fight our battles for us. And we thank you, Lord, that you give us wisdom and strength, Lord. And uh, all of it comes from you, God. We can't do it without you. I ask that you bless the podcast this morning and bless everyone that listens in. You know the struggles, burdens, the things that we're all going through, Lord. Please use this podcast to be a blessing, Lord. Give me the words, because um, they don't come from me. They come from you. And uh, just use me to be a blessing to someone else today. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. And um, it, we started in verse 24. It says, Then cometh the end. And, and what we're talking about here, um, this is Paul giving a very deep revelation uh, on times at the end when, and we're talking after the resurrection, so the, uh, the church has already been raptured, tribulations happened, the end comes, Christ is delivering up the kingdom to God, um, and uh, momentarily Christ is putting down all rule and authority and power um, because Jesus, he has to reign and he reigns till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. We know in, in heaven and in the coming, uh, new, the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the new earth, the only ones that will be there will be those that were redeemed and there'll be no more dying. There'll be no more tears. There'll be no more, uh, sorrow, no more pain, no more sickness, no more sin, no more temptation. Best of all, there'll be no more enemies. There'll be no more Satan. Amen? Uh, but So it says here that the last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Now, Jesus has already destroyed death because when he died on the cross, they put him in the tomb, and we know on the third day he rose again. So there's a, a verse in Revelation that says that he has the keys to hell and death. What this is talking about is Jesus now having already destroyed death for, you know, because he didn't stay dead. 
And he has the power of the resurrection, right? And then we have experienced to an extent because it says that, you know, we have we've died with Christ, been resurrected to new life, right? So we've experienced the resurrection to an extent in this current life. But now, at this time, Jesus will have destroyed uh, death for all humanity. Because those that are left for the kingdom that belong to him will never experience death. Uh, I would say some will never experience death again, but we know that through the rapture, there will be some that never actually experience death. The Bible gives us a little glimpse of that with Enoch, so that we can understand and accept that it is God's will that there will be some people translated that will be taken because they walk with God that will, that will never die. Um, and praise God for that. We're getting close, so chances are there may be some Listening to this podcast today, maybe we will be a part of that group, but we don't know. And until it happens, um, we have to stay faithful in sharing the gospel. But I think death is such a it's a fascinating topic, um, you know. And we we've heard a lot of sermons. We need a lot of encouragement. We talk about you know death is a precious thing uh, in the eyes of God concerning the saints, those that belong to Him. Because when a believer dies, we go to heaven. Uh, absent of the bodies to be present with the Lord. Um, to some extent, Paul even says that a saved believer should, to, to some degree, anticipate um, and also embrace, potentially even look forward to, the day that they pass from this life into the next. Um, I, for one... Uh, as selfish as it sounds, I'd probably like to stick around as long as the Lord will let me. Um, but at the same time, um, there's part of me that knows that what comes after this life is better. I just, not necessarily worried about myself in, in sense of fear of what comes after this life because the Bible tells me. My concern would be if I were to pass what would those that I leave behind have to go through? Does that make sense? And I think everybody feels that way a little bit until, you know, with the exception of, you know, many of the, um, the elderly that I've spoken to in the faith, they're, they get, I've talked to many that have gotten to a certain point in their life where they're, they've done everything they can do and, um, you know, they're ready to go. So there's that. For a lost person, death is a bondage. The Bible talks about that because there's a fear of judgment. There's a fear of what comes after this life. Then, on your deathbed, knowing it's too late to do anything differently, it's too late to go back in time and change what you've already done, there's regret, uh, guilt, uh, grief, shame. Oh, I can't believe I did this. I can't believe I did that. There's panic because you, you're suddenly under the fear of God, knowing that your eternity is now in God's hands and you can't change anything that you've done. Um, it's deep. And I'll tell you what, um, you don't want to go to your deathbed without having a relationship with Jesus because even a Christian uh, will probably go through 
some feelings of, well, I wish I hadn't done this, or I wish I had done this better, or I wish I had done more of this and less of that, or whatever it may be. But then you have the comfort of knowing Jesus has died for your sins. Now, these are things that make death an enemy. But listen to this. Satan intended death to be the end of Christ. But the death of Christ was necessary to bring about the resurrection of Christ. And the resurrection of Christ was necessary in order to give us forgiveness of sin. As it says, without the resurrection, we would still be in our sins. It gives us the promise of the future resurrection of us into a glorified body that we can then share for eternity with God um, in, in heaven, in the holy new Jerusalem, on a, in a new earth, a new heaven, right? Um, but we're gonna get we're gonna get into this topic of death pretty deep here. So death is a consequence of Adam's sin. Turn with me, if you will, to Romans chapter five. We're going to do some Bible drills now. Romans chapter 5. Um, look at verse 12. It says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Um, also go to Romans chapter 6. And look at verse 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Go back to 1 Corinthians 15 and look down at verse uh, 21. It says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Why, um, why is death... How is why why does death happen? Why do people have to die? It's a consequence of sin. Adam sinned, and his sin nature is passed down genetically. From it has since since he sinned, person to person. That's why the Bible says we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have a sin nature. That's not enough to go on. Well, God, I sin because I have a sin nature. That won't work. What what? What the truth is, is that even though we have a nature, God has given us the ability to resist doing wrong. We have a conscience, and therefore, we make a decision to sin on top of the nature to sin. And when we make the decision to sin, we therefore become transgressors, and that sin must be forgiven. And the only way it can be forgiven is through the sacrifice of Christ and, our, and us having faith in his payment for that sin. So, death is a consequence of sin. Death passes upon all men. We are all going to die. We may win many spiritual victories as saved believers in our life. And unless we're raptured, um, we're all going to have to fight against this enemy at some point. Um, it's, it can be a little concerning. It can be scary. Um, you know, we think about all the different ways you can die, and that can be kind of scary. You think, you know, um, you think about cancer, d disease, or some other illness, um, heart failure. We think about nobody wants to suffer, right, or be in pain, and and you know, some some deaths seem rather horrific or tragic. You think about a car accident or 
some kind of uh, incident like that and it's uh it can kind of disturb us a little bit but we got to understand we're all going to die some way and potentially maybe there's not a whole lot of pleasant ways to go about it and that's why it's an enemy and we're going to have to face it at some point in time and we need to be courageous and brave and understanding that no matter how we go the Holy Spirit is able to comfort us. God is able to give us peace and uh, let us go with our dignity. Amen. Um, holding on to that faith. And uh, think about Christians who die in persecution and things. You know, some have died pretty, pretty bad deaths. I mean, I don't think any of us would want to be crucified upside down, burned, or beheaded, right? But what if that happened? I, you know, I, from where I sit today as I'm doing this podcast, I look at that and I think there's no way I could do that. Um, but at the same time, or go through that, but at the same time, I believe the Holy Spirit of God and the life of the believer who refuses to denounce his faith, who dies in such a fashion, I believe the Holy Spirit has a part of minimizing suffering in that. And helping them be able to do that for the faith, and then there's rewards for it. But so we got, uh, we've got death as a consequence of sin. Uh, turn, if you will, to Hebrews chapter nine. Hebrews chapter nine. Uh, it's a very uh, popular Bible verse. You're probably already thinking it on the top of your head. Uh, but in Hebrews chapter nine, this is what we learn: death is universal. Alright, it's a consequence of sin. It's also universal. Everybody's going to go through this with the exception of if you're raptured, if the rapture happens, um, then you may be translated without experiencing death. But in Hebrews chapter 9 and in verse 27, it says, And it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So it's universal. Um it's an amazing thing. Look at uh, three different kinds of death that the Bible talks about. Uh, you have physical death, right? You have spiritual death, and you have the second death. Those are three things that are mentioned. Um, universal death, as we just mentioned, Hebrews chapter 9, 27, the fact that all men will experience this, proves that all men are sinners, as it says in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 through 14, and we'll turn there for a second. <clears throat> Romans 5, 12 through 14. And you may already know this off the top of your head, too. Scripture memorization is important. Uh, Romans chapter 5 verses 12 through 14 says, Wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. We know that that man was Adam. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. We're all sinners and come short of the glory of God. For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Right. So the law, the giving of the law to Moses brought about the conviction of sin. Amen. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses. <clears throat> what that means is, from the time Adam sinned until the law was given to Mo Moses, 
the fact that men died was a was God uh, justifying righteousness, okay? Because death was the consequence of sin. And so death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. Dispensations of the Bible, God dealt with people differently at different time periods. Um, and that's, that's just the truth. But so we'll keep going. Verse 15, but not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, Adam. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. Christ died for all sin. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, Adam, much more they which receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. That's why you've heard this theological title of Christ, the last Adam, right? So um, that's where that comes from because the first Adam, right? brought about the death the last adam brought about eternal life and righteousness in him verse 18 therefore as by the offenses of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation even so by the righteousness of one because jesus had never sinned the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life for as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners adam so by the obedience of one jesus shall many be made righteous. Make sense? Um, so that's that's what we're talking about. So now let's get to these three um, uh, three categories of death as we find it in the Bible, starting with physical death. Physical death affects body only. It is not the actual um, cessation of life or consciousness. <clears throat> it's important to understand this. <clears throat> Excuse me. Everybody will experience physical death, um, but it only affects the body. At that time, life and consciousness is not actually does not actually cease. So you will be conscious. You will be conscious, and you will also have life after your physical body dies. The question is, what will that state be and where will that life be lived? It's either going to be heaven or hell. It's either going to be in paradise or it's going to be in torment. Um, physical death will end permanently in the resurrection of the body, which is kind of the reference that we hear in 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Because the minute there's a resurrection, think about this. The Bible tells us all people that have died will be resurrected. Some will be resurrected unto life. Those who belong to Jesus, that's when the body that is glorified will be united with the spirit that was present with Christ to create the perfect glorified person that will be fit for sharing uh, heaven and eternity with Christ, okay, um, 
So, and then there's the resurrection unto judgment, which will be the wicked dead and the unbelieving, and they'll be resurrected before a great white throne judgment where they are judged and thrown in a lake of fire. And that's eternity for them. So, uh, and even between now and that judgment, if you die lost, you're still in hell. You're not in the lake of fire hell, but you're you're at a place of, of conscious torment. Um, the understanding of regret. You knew you rejected God. Now you know you you know what your ends will be, and that separation from God and all of that. It is it's a torment. Okay. So now, think about this: physical death has a peculiar relationship with the redeemed. Paul refers to it as sleep. And it's called sleep because the believer may be awakened at any moment through the, through the resurrection. Let's look at some examples. Go to Philippians chapter 3. I'll pass it. I'm in Colossians. In Philippians chapter 3, look at... Uh, Verse 20, Paul says, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the working whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. That's a reference to that. Um, 1 Thessalonians Chapter 4, look at verses 14 through 18. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. Okay? The soul and spirit live independently of the body after death. The body was the tabernacle, but after death, um, the earthly house is resurrected and converted to a house from heaven. At death, the spirit of man is with the Lord or held into judgment. Um, not his judgment. Uh, at death, the Christian is immediately before the judgment seat of Christ. The judgment's done away, right? Um, it's a different judgment. I'm not getting into judgments right now, but there's a believer's judgment and then there's a judgment for those who are unbelievers. Um, basically, the judgment for believers has to do with rewards. All right, if you're saved, you're saved. Um, but our spirit is with the Lord, and the soul is at rest until the resurrection, sleeping, or in or or if you're lost, your soul would be in distress, anticipating its coming judgment. That's how the Bible presents it. Um, now let's look at spiritual death. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, 
verse 5. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5 says, Even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace you are saved. How can we be dead in sins and still be alive walking around? It's talking about spiritual death. Spiritual death is the state of the unregenerate man. Unregenerate means not saved. You have not been born again. You do not have the Spirit of God. Uh, spiritual death is the state of the unregenerate man. Still in his sins, he is alienated from God. In other words, because he's sinned, he has no part with God. He's alienated from God. He's destitute of the Spirit. He cannot understand or discern spiritual things. He cannot understand the Bible or what it's saying or what it's teaching. This is the danger right here of unregenerate people grabbing a hold of spiritual things and trying to teach them with authority when in fact they're unregenerate and have not been saved themselves. Um, also, this is the danger of trying to make church for lost people. Wait, what do you mean by that, preacher? Listen to me. The church is not for lost people. Church is for saved people. What happened is it became an evangelistic mission to go out and just get people to church. That's okay. You want people to come to church, right? The problem is they began changing church so that the people in the world would be comfortable coming to church in an attempt just to get them to show up. What happens is, is now you have yokes forming in the church of lost people who are comfortable being in church. They don't get saved, and then over time, somehow get promoted to positions of leadership and maybe even to the pulpit. The blind can't lead the blind. I'm chasing a squirrel now, but I'm just telling you, church is for saved people. We're to go out in the world, see to it that people are getting saved, and then get them to church where they're discipled and learn to grow in their faith. Uh, but spiritual death, state of the unregenerate man, still in his sins, alienated from God, a friend of the world is the enemy of God, friendship with the world is enmity with God, uh, they're destitute of spirit, um, can't discern spiritual things they don't understand. It's not until the word of God, the seed is planted, pricks the heart, the gospel's preached, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, uh, faith comes alive in them. They hear the gospel. They believe. Then their eyes are open, their ears are open, and their heart is receptive to the truths of the Bible. Um, and, and then somebody has to lead them from there to help them grow. Spiritual death is prolonged beyond the death of the body as a state of eternal separation from God in conscious suffering. Um... There'll be a lake of fire, then that'll be the second death. So, um, I hope that makes sense. So you have, it's a conscious state, it's eternal separation from God, there's suffering, there's torment, all of that is the prolonged spiritual death, right, after the physical death, and then there'll be a second death. Um, the second death is the judgment, the final judgment, you know, Satan, um, Antichrist, false prophet, all of the fallen angels, all the people that chose to do wickedness and, and rejected the gospel, all go to the lake of fire. That's their eternity. So now, let's look at a few ways. I think I got four. Four ways that death is, um, is our enemy. 
Um, four more ways, anyway. Death of a loved one causes a severe emotional response that can harvest anger towards God or others. It can harvest unforgiveness, uh, bitterness, depression, and it can cause a person to shut down. Does that make sense? What I'm telling you is, you think about our loved ones passing away. An untimely death can cause somebody to be angry at God. Why did you take this person from me? Um, or it can cause anger towards other people, especially if somebody else had something to do with that passing. That can then turn into unforgiveness and bitterness. I never forgive the person because they killed um, somebody that I loved. Um, and then the bitterness that comes from all of the above, which can also lead to depression. Um, and that cause a person to shut down. It's overwhelming. It, the depression can come just from the overload of emotions because it is emotional, especially the anguish of dealing with the loss of a loved one and you couldn't do anything to stop it from happening. That's called trauma. All right. The death of our loved ones can be a trauma. Uh, can be a trauma. Um, it can cause a PTSD. It can cause all kinds of things. Um, and it takes a lot of prayer. It takes a lot of Bible. It takes a lot of fellowship. It takes a lot of encouragement to slowly over time heal from these things. Uh, I think sometimes pastors or preachers have a bad habit because we deal with death so much. We do funerals all of the time, it seems like sometimes, that we it's almost as if we can become desensitized to it, and therefore we fail at times to have the right amount of compassion on those who are now reeling from a loss and dealing with those emotional responses in a different manner. We need to be sensitive to this as preachers and pastors to understand that when somebody loses a family member, there's not just some snap it cliche Bible cure-all. If you're really a believer, you know what the Bible says and everything's okay. You should just accept it as God's will. That doesn't work for everybody. In fact, that takes some people and sends them out of church never to come back. All right, well, that's their problem, not mine. No, that's failing to properly have compassion, counsel, guide. As a pastor, it's not my job to have all the answers for somebody. But it is my job to help bear the burden. And sometimes you do that just by simply understanding um, you have a right to be angry. You have a right to... Um, <clears throat> feel strong emotions about the passing of your loved one and then just listen and be there and repetitive sessions with them help them see that Christ wants them to forgive help them see that Christ does not want them to hold bitterness in it help them see that there is hope there is light but just remember grief is dealt with in it's a process dealing with grief there's multiple steps to it the, the, the thing is we don't want somebody to shut down or to shut out the truth. So there's one way. That makes death an enemy, does it not? Anything that is opposed, opposing our spiritual development, our spiritual healthiness, and our functionality in the, in the body of Christ, that's an enemy. Um, 
it kind of brings us to number two. Death is an enemy because it creates a lack of comfort for loved ones. And Satan oftentimes uses false ministers to provide false comfort and creates false ideas about the afterlife. And I kind of actually grouped that into number four. And the number four reason I said is sometimes a previous passing of a lost person becomes a future hindrance to someone. Um, they may reject the gospel and the doctrine of hell because they don't want to picture their loved one suffering in eternity. Especially if you go back to my number two, they'd already been given a false hope, a false comfort, and a false idea about the afterlife. Um, the, well, you know, uh, they never went to church, they never got saved, they never had a testimony for Christ. They spent, you know, it doesn't even matter if they lived a good life at that point. Well, they never drank, they never, they gave to charity, that doesn't matter, they rejected Christ. If that person could come back and say anything today, it would be, please accept Jesus. Um, because you don't want to suffer in eternity without God. Um, but it's uncomfortable to deal with death because of those emotions and things that it creates. Oftentimes it causes family tension. Think about this. Someone passes away. Next thing you know, families are fighting over the inheritance, fighting over the funeral, devouring one another. All those emotions come back. Well, you didn't even like the person. This and that and start arguing over stupid stuff. Families have been ripped apart by the uh, passing of somebody. Um, sometimes the person that passed was the glue that held that family together. Um, so, it, you know, there's a lot, of, a, a lot of lack of comfort. Then you have Satan wanting to get in there and provide false pretenses, false comfort, false ideas about the afterlife, which then can cause somebody to live part of their life in rejection of what they actually need, which is Christ. Um, number three, we're, we're all going to have to fight the enemy and pass from this life into eternity. And um, the reality of knowing that can cause fear, even to the point of disabilitating people. Um, I'm going to tell you that over the last couple of years, I believe that the virus that came from China, I'm on a podcast, so I got to be careful how I talk about it or I'm going to get censored because I'm sure they listen to all of this. <clears throat> but people were so scared of catching a virus and dying that, uh, people locked themselves in their homes for, uh, who knows how long. Some would say that because the government told them to. Or, you know, they're wearing all the mask and gloves. And, I mean, people there for a while, I mean, people were going out in space suits. And it just got out of control. I think most people would agree with that. And many of those measures were ineffective in preventing the spread of an airborne virus. And I'm you're talking to somebody that almost died from it. And even after I recovered, I still knew even more then than I do, you know, that really masks don't don't really negate the spread of the virus i mean even people in my hospital would tell you they they do it to prevent you know some particles from spreading but you know people were going to these extremes because they were scared of dying and their fear of death from a virus they couldn't control it it it, it was it disabled them 
and they can no longer function with a rational mind. And even to this day, people are driving around in their vehicles by themselves with mask on um, and all this other stuff. That's not rational. You've been disabled from, from processing the world around you in a constructive, healthy manner. Um, who are you going to catch COVID from in your car by yourself? Or who are you going to give it to? That's all I want to know. It's not an issue with COVID. I'm teaching a reality here. The fear of death. Um, phobias are very common, but you think some, somebody was in a car accident at younger age, they can't get in a car the rest of their life. They refuse to go anywhere. Um, the fear of going outside. Somebody was, you know, the fear of dying in a car accident. Uh, all these things. Um, God does not want us to go through life that way. Let me give you one with a very, very strong spiritual conviction to it some people refuse to go to the mission field god called them to because they're scared that when they get there they're going to die that's not i understand it i understand it if god called me to go to the middle east right now i'd be terrified but you know what where god calls us to go he has a plan and we need to be obedient to it we shouldn't let the fear of death make our decisions for us we should make our understanding of spiritual truth make our decisions for it for us death is the last enemy we're all going to have to fight it we're all going to have to pass over some way or another and it may not be pleasant but god can give us the victory because jesus has already conquered death on all of our behalf some of us may be fortunate enough to go by means of the rapture um but we just need to be prepared for it. This is the last enemy. Let's get this victory. Let's go through life with a spiritually rich, healthy understanding and appreciation for the fact that God does have a plan for all of us. And in the event that somebody's self-will, something that was created, something that somebody did that took us before our time, that may not have been God's will, and it may cause a lot of hurt, but God doesn't want us to be angry and bitter and unforgiving. God wants us to accept the fact there'll be a greater reward for the person who passed. There'll be a reward for the, those of us who conquered the attacks of the enemy that came through that. We overcome evil with good. We overcome evil with love, and there's rewards in heaven for all of us. That's what we have to look forward to. Remember, however it goes, there's rewards waiting in heaven for us. Paul said that I'm in a, a, a straight between two places. I'm ready to depart for to be with the Lord is better, but I remain because I'm more needful for you. That should be our attitude. We're here because God needs us here. Once we've passed on, whether it was God's will in our passing or whether we passed before our time because something else had happened, the minute we pass from this life and the next, our work here is done, but our eternity with Christ it will be forever paradise. Amen. I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope you've learned from it. I hope this has been a good study on death today. And this concludes the spiritual warfare series. Uh, we need to remember to put on the whole armor of God. Remember we have resources. Remember to use the word 
Remember to pray, Bible study, church and fellowship. Um, stand on the Word of God, saints, and we are overcomers. We are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Uh, we'll overcome all of these things. We'll overcome Satan. In Revelation it says, by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and loving not our life until the end. What we're here to do for Christ is more important than anything else. Let's stay faithful in it, steadfast, and persevere until the trumpet calls or until the day we pass from this life into the next. So let me pray with you. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the spiritual warfare series, arming us up and equipping us every day to live for you and to defeat the enemy. But we can't do it without you, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We ask that you bless uh, the future of the podcast. Help me to be faithful to do little weekly devotionals and things like that. Um, we'll take a time of rest. And uh, just thank you so much for all the people that have listened in and been faithful in it. It really has been a blessing. Bless all of them. Take care of them, Lord. And uh, just know that we love you and we thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, that's all from the Seeking Refuge podcast. Be looking out for the transition over to a weekly devotional in the future. Uh, it's been a few great seasons and um, we've really covered a lot. And I'm so thankful for you and I'm glad it's been a blessing to you. See you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.